You're listening to the Coffin Corners podcast. I'm Big Tom McLean. With me, as always, my buddy, my friend, and my co-host Nathan Sprague. How you doing today on this great, beautiful Thanksgiving day, Nathan? Well, I mean, my name was made fun of. Of Nate the Great had a day with a paper plate, but you know, to be honest, Tom, these days, I mean, a day with a paper plate <laughs> sounds great, especially if it has some turkey, mashed potatoes, and even some gravy on it. Maybe even some of those sweet potatoes with marshmallows and brown sugar and plenty of angel biscuits in our case man that sounds good to me yeah that was probably my favorite i liked the mashed potatoes and gravy i should have weighed everything i ate before i ate it i remember sitting there watching the 49ers and just being kind of mad at myself saying man why did you eat so much food now you're uncomfortable watching this great football game were you able to sustain and get a eat a good amount of food without making yourself ill uh, i mean i nearly fell asleep a couple of times to be honest and the weird part, I only got one serving, and then I just felt sleepy afterwards. Oh, you had some extra tryptophan, huh? Is that what they call it? The tryptophan that's yeah, in the that's Yeah, it, that's what the they call it. But I don't think it was that. I think it was more of, you know, just eating some, you know, you eat some food, and you just get tired afterwards. You go, man, that was such a great meal, you know? Yeah. And your stomach is all satisfied. You don't even, you don't even hear a grumble. It's like, nah, I'm good. I'm satisfied. Yeah, you're right. Oh, oh there's dessert? Oh, I'm second fly. Yeah, get me some of that pumpkin pie. Maybe it's a pumpkin cheesecake. And... Yeah, that's what I did, man. I, I ate till I couldn't eat anymore and then made a little bit of room for dessert about 20 minutes later. What a great dessert I got to have while I watched my uh, San Francisco 49ers just clock the Seattle Seahawks. You know, they came out of the second half a little bit flat. I'm sure they'll catch some criticism for it, but ultimately they did what they do and they just kind of crushed them and kind of anticipate them doing that again in two weeks when they have the Seahawks again at home. Uh, I caught the the beginning, to be honest, but I was watching a movie with my mom. I, I was noticing the pattern with the 49ers against the Seahawks and I was like, oh, they're doing fine. I can watch some of the highlights afterwards. I, I would say movie with mom would be way more important than the football game. I would have taken that one as well, even being a diehard 49er fan. So good for you, man. Did you uh, catch the, any of the other games today that we had? Uh, we had the Dallas Cowboys who just uh, took the whatever that Washington team's football name is this year. Uh, they took them and dismantled them pretty good. Didn't really let them in the game much. As a matter of fact, I noticed Dak Prescott eating a turkey leg with six minutes left in the game. It's the first time I've ever seen a player eating turkey leg before the game was even over. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, yeah, I definitely caught that. But all we know is we can definitely scratch out the Washington comebacks in the name. That's for sure. Yeah, you're right. That wasn't even a – it was such a sad comeback attempt. That was pretty embarrassing. And it was also interesting with a guy with a, with a last name Bland. He's definitely not Bland, especially for the Dallas Cowboys. Actually breaking the record, and it's a new record, for the fifth pick six in the same season yeah, by Darren Bland. Isn't that crazy? And there's still quite a few games left in the season, so he's going to have plenty of opportunities to do it again. Could he get 10? Could he possibly get double digits in a single season? That would be pretty crazy. That would be a record that would stand for a really long time. I mean, it does help to play against the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders, to be honest, so that kind of helps out. 
Yeah, when you're playing them twice a season. Yeah, that that's fair. But Tom, I have to say, I have to say, my favorite touchdown celebration was definitely when Dak Prescott threw that touchdown pass late, and then they all jumped in the kettle and they grabbed the turkey leg out of the kettle. I think that's my new touch favorite touchdown celebration. To be honest, Tom. Yeah, that was pretty Hands great. Down. As a Dallas Cowboys hater, I agree. I thought that was pretty great. I thought they were using the kettle partly as an ode to uh, Zeke Elliott, who I believe got a pretty fat fine back when he did it. But the Salvation Army made so much money because he brought so much attention to them. I'm sure these guys will probably get fined, but I'm sure they won't be the ones paying for it, you know? I just wish it was a lot more entertaining game, to be honest. But my but my sister didn't mind. My, my Cowboys fan of a sister didn't mind at oh. all. She was fine with it. I bet she was because they pretty much stayed in a comfortable lead most of the time. It didn't feel like, even when they were only up by like 10, it just felt like the Cowboys were going to win the game. It didn't feel like it was going to go any other way. How about that? And it's crazy with Darren Bland. He he was put in place of Trevon Diggs. Imagine those two being on the same field. That could be kind of scary. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that would be... It would be really hard to have a, a successful passing game against those guys. There definitely wouldn't be a lot of down-the-field stuff. This is going to lead into our sports stitches a bit uh, with the Detroit Lions facing against the Green Bay Packers because I thought, you know, I thought, you know, Detroit Lions would finally win a Thanksgiving game. I mean, the way that they have been playing lately and everything, but everyone has been seeing it even on social media. There's a specific moon phase that the Detroit Lions have trouble winning during, especially on Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's so crazy. <laughs> what about the Jordan Love era? It just seems like it's huge. And I didn't know Simone Biles had a, a husband that was offensive back for the Packers. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, Jordan Owens is his name. So did they meet in college? Is that the story on them, or do you know that? I don't really know. I don't really follow celebrity couples, to be honest. I know that could fool you, especially the way that we've been talking about Travis, Kelsey, and Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh, no. I thought we made. We, I thought we were going to make it through an episode without it. There might be a couple of episodes that we might talk about it, but more of making fun of what the breakup song would be. Hopefully she includes lots of mentions of that Kansas City barbecue. I rather prefer to eat Kansas City Masterpiece Barbecue <laughs> over looking at you. <laughs> or what if they split up and then she goes to uh, the worst possible scenario if you're a Chiefs player. She goes to Tom Brady and Tom Brady decides, you know what? I'm going to show my new lady a thing. And he comes out of retirement. Because they're talking about him coming out of retirement and playing for the Raiders already. That's crazy. I mean, remember, also, Travis Kelsey had a whole entire dating show. Remember that? Oh, I remember that. I watched it. It was he. It didn't make him look very good, in my opinion. I thought he looked kind of, um, I don't know, immature, I guess, would be the word I would look for. Okay, I, I just found the terminology for uh, the phenomenon that the Detroit Lions deal with. It's called the, whack, the waxing gibbous. It means between a half and full moon. Right. And also, gibbous comes from the root word, Humpbacked, according to EarthSky.com. Yeah, a waxing gibbous. I have heard of the waxing gibbous. This being uh, that we live in the beach community here, over at, um, when I was at KVTA, they would talk about the waxing gibbous sometimes. You know, we have surf reports and stuff. Isn't that bizarre? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bizarre on what you remember. Yeah, yeah. It is. You know? 
What did you think about the rumors about Tom Brady as those float around as maybe the Raiders are a better team now? And let me lay it out to you the way I laid it out to my son. The rumors that Jim Harbaugh is now wanting to go to the Raiders. Jim Harbaugh is a perfect fit for the Raiders. He was the quarterback's coach at the Raiders. He's got the Raider mentality. He's he's perfect for them, right? And then Tom Correct. Brady, who's part owner of the Raiders now, decided to come out of retirement. They're both Michigan guys. How cool would that be? I could almost root for Tom Brady in under that scenario. Who would be the offensive coordinator and who would be the head coach in that scenario? I don't know. That would be up to Harbaugh. <laughs> who knows what he would do? He might pull- I, I think he I think even the NFL said that they wouldn't give Jim Harbaugh a golden parachute, but yet they gave Pete Carroll a golden parachute after who, gosh, who knows what happened at USC while under his watch. Yeah, you're right. He got out of and there. And he came out clean and won a Super Bowl. Yeah, he, so, he got out of there at a suspicious time, didn't he? Yeah, and so I don't think the NFL should be saying, oh, we have a moral ground. Give me a break. <laughs> they know how much money they would make off of Jim Harbaugh being a, a Raider. Of course they know how much. And with Tom Brady is possibly the offensive coordinator, maybe. I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> it makes me excited for the Raiders. If I was a Raider fan, I'd be really excited. You know, their team looks, you know, they look good right now. They, you know, they're they're better now that they're not under this weird regime. And, uh, you know, who knows? With all these, these ifs, you know, Tom Brady's over there on the sideline for the games. That's kind of cool. I would think that was cool. He's wearing a Giants hat, but it's still cool. But what would they do with Antoine Pierce? Would they uh, have him like de- demoted to like being a defensive coordinator or something? Because wasn't that what he was originally was? Yeah, I don't know. And who knows? I don't know. Maybe maybe he comes on as a assistant head coach too. Who knows? You know, I don't. I don't know how that would work. I don't know what that would look like. But, I think have Tom Brady be, in, be assistant or at least an offensive coordinator to see where that goes and then just go from there. Yeah, I think I think realistically, if you're the Raiders, I think realistically, if you have a shot at getting Jim Harbaugh to be your head coach, you have to take it. You know, Antonio Pierce, it's a great story right now and all of that, but the reality is as a head coach, He's only got a few games under his belt. And as a coach in general, he hasn't been coaching really long, if I remember right. And, um, you know, so I don't know. Not that I not that I think that he's not going to be a great coach or he's not a great coach. I just think if you have a shot at somebody like Harbaugh, you got to take it. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that. And also looking at the Raiders' schedule, I would just find a miracle if they got one one victory, you know, out of the remaining schedule. It's it's a tough it's a tough road for the for the Raiders. Oh, do they have a tough road? I hadn't had a chance to look at their schedule. Yeah, they they have they have the they have the Colts. Uh, they have the Chiefs twice. Uh, they'll ha- they'll play the Chiefs, I Oof. think, coming up, and then they'll play the Chiefs, I think, at the end of the season. I do believe. Yeah, that Raiders Chiefs rivalry is great. That's why I say Taylor Swift. You know, if she really wants to hurt Travis Kelsey, she goes to Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady gets out. I, I think Tom Brady will learn, has, has learned his lesson around beautiful ladies, you know. Yeah, beautiful blondes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no matter no matter what, 
Like he he won seven Super Bowls. He won seven Super Bowls. He <clears throat> he got you know a great big deal of you know for broadcasting, a broadcasting deal. He could have made plenty of money. He can put make plenty of money of just selling some of his stuff on his own. You know, just oh, he- autograph here and boom, you got lots of money. Yeah, he could bring in vendors to and just sign autographs in his den for an hour a week and and make enough money to that his kids won't even have to work. I mean, his autograph goes for at least a thousand dollars. That's the like the lower end Tom Brady autographs go for a thousand bucks. Yeah, that's just crazy. It's a business that's kind of priced me out of the business because it's you know I I like to collect stuff. You know, Joe Joe Montana's prices now are like in the three hundreds for his autograph. You know, and then you've got guys that are current and they're a lot of their prices are really really high so it's it's a an interesting interesting business that's for sure yeah it definitely is uh probably your caleb williams kind of went down a bit especially since they lost to ucla yeah you're right yeah there's there's a lot of question marks there with caleb williams now people are seeing him a little differently it's because there was a point where it seemed like he had the world at his feet and then he started talking crazy and then football gods are taking him back down to earth maybe a little bit i don't know i mean the victory bill rivalry some people have this known as the gauntlet or even battle la it's usc versus ucla and and a lot on the line here even chip kelly was told beforehand by the higher ups of ucla if you don't beat usc we'll be giving you the pink slip and you're on your way out so Seeing a hot seat sweltering, and Lincoln Riley probably not too far behind either. Very unfortunate for Kayla Williams and Lincoln Riley. They lost to UCLA 38-20. to You know, some surprising teams I want to talk about, Arizona, Northwestern, were one of the most surprising teams this year for the Power 5 conferences. And the most disappointing has been USC. They were the Pac-12 runner-up last season, and they ended the season 7-5. and no pun intended, but USC's Achilles heel was the defense. Well, it sounds like the offense didn't put up that much either, though. Doesn't sound like it, but they got two touchdowns and two field goals. Yeah, I guess that's a, I mean, a scoring once a quarter should uh, should at least keep you in the game. The, the, your friends at Iowa, how are they doing? I just want to say this. Uh, my brother and I came to a great solution for Iowa's offense for next season. Because next season... There will be four Pac-12 teams that will be joining the Big Ten. So what, is, what a better way for Iowa to find a way to adapt with that play style of offense than simply look for a Pac-12 offensive coordinator. Especially it would be great if it was Brian Lindgren, Oregon State offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. It was a close game for Iowa against the Illinois Final Illini. And to be honest, as... I was watching that game. I was prepared to write down Iowa being worried that, oh, no, it's going to be like last season. So close yet so far away from being the Big Ten West champions. I was worried that I would be seeing Iowa repeat of choking away a Big Ten championship game appearance away. But spoiler, Iowa won 15-13. It just seemed we couldn't get anything going. I mean... Besides a safety and a TD pass to one of the Iowa, many Iowa's tight ends. But that fourth quarter, I kind of lost hope of winning that game. We were down 13-9. to But the Iowa offense couldn't get anything going. But I knew we had a chance when that third out pass to Nico Reganey was caught. 
And it also up to having Caleb, Jan- John- Caleb Johnson ran for a 30-yard TD run. But I got nervous when Drew Stevens missed a rare PAT. There was still four minutes left in the game. And luckily, Iowa stopped Illinois on fourth down. To be honest, Tom, I looked down to the four on all four of those downs. I was that nervous. And on the fourth down, I heard loud cheers. And I looked up and it was turnover on downs. And Joe Evans deflected the ball. No timeouts for Illinois. And Iowa ran the ball, got a first down, and finally got the kneel down. And Iowa will be Big Ten West champions for the last year of divisions existing in the Big Ten. But let's face it, we're looking at, but it's going to be either an annihilation or a squatter in the Big Ten championship game. A Big Ten West team has never won the Big Ten championship game against a Big Ten East team. Could this be the year? We shall see. Good for them holding off those uh, fighting Eli and I. They've got fighting in their name. No pun intended by saying Iowa. I was nervous. We, we should put that down. <laughs> Iowa. What does that mean? I was nervous. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, we got to make t-shirts. Maybe you know somebody that can make t-shirts, right? I think I do. <laughs> I love that. Here's a little side note. So when I was in the Air Force, part of my tech school was in the city of Champaign, Illinois. It was at Chanute. Um, well, the closest city to Chanute was Champaign, Illinois. That's where the University of Illinois is at in, in Champaign. So I actually went to a Howie Mandel concert at Champaign, and we used to go try to pick up on girls on the weekends. You notice I said you tried to tried to yeah i i heard tried to so that's my personal connection so we were out there i think uh, maybe like six or eight weeks i love that part of the world but it gets so cold and i don't like the cold so i'm i'm good with not living there i think anyone really likes the cold tom i don't know a lot of people live out there and they love it they might hate the cold but they still love living out there i'm like i think i hate the cold more than you do if i'm willing to like not live anywhere near it even Seattle was too cold for me. I was like, no, this is a, way too cold. I really enjoyed Seattle when I, when I went there. Did you go during the, when you went, was there any like stormy or was it? Um, was- no, I, I got lucky. I got lucky. It wasn't cloudy. So if you get a chance, Seattle is a great place. But even if it was kind of cloudy, I wouldn't mind, to be honest. Yeah, Seattle is a great place. I actually lived up there for a while. I um, contracted, worked on some airplanes and stuff, and I've headlined some And you were a 49ers fan? How did you survive? I'm a 49ers fan that performed at the Seattle Comedy Underground wearing a Patrick Willis jersey. I post that. You might see that picture where I'm wearing the red Patrick Willis jersey, and I'm on stage, and it says Comedy Underground. That's That's the Seattle Comedy Underground. That club is, like, literally walking distance from the stadium like a couple of blocks away from the stadium oh wow <laughs> and i wore patrick willis jersey when i worked it how great is that that's great you got some cojones i'll, I'll say that i wouldn't i wouldn't get away at an indianapolis comedy club if i wore a new england patriots jersey yeah that's a little different out there man i think they take their football a little too heavy it's funny i didn't really run into any problems in seattle maybe the football crowd is different from the comedy crowd or something I mean, I'm sure I caught a little bit of heat, but it wasn't, I mean, I, nothing sticks out in my mind as unpleasant, you know? Yeah. Of course, it helps that I'm kind of a giant. That helps just a little bit. <laughs> Don't want to mess with this guy. 
it's usually more like it's not worth it. He's big enough that, you know, it's just going to be a pain in the butt. Would you like to know some uh, some updates on the possibilities? Look, everybody was talking about James Madison and Jacksonville State on is it possible that they could be is it possible that they could be bull eligible? Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of an update, folks. So last week we had around 55 teams found a way to be bull eligible. Well, we have nine more added, including, as I mentioned before, about the Northwestern team that was 1-11 last season and found a way to be 6-5. and five. James Madison actually got their first loss of the season, and ESPN College Game Day was there to see it. So terrible timing on James Madison's part. Last week, 55 teams are bowl eligible, but we got nine more added to make it 64 teams are bowl eligible, including, as I said before, a turnaround by Northwestern from 1-11. Last season, the 6-5. and five. And with the last week of the season, there are a possible 26 teams that could be bowl eligible. The odds are not in favor of James Madison and Jacksonville State. It is plausible but you are asking a lot, and we'll give you more updates on the next episode of, of Coffin Corners as well to see if they find a way to make it possible. Uh, they need at least, they have to make sure that at least not 82 teams are bowl eligible. So if that's the case, James Madison can be bowl eligible. It's not looking great for them. It's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting. And I'm definitely looking forward to the game between Ohio State and Michigan. Is that on Saturday? Yeah, that's going to be on Saturday. Because winner gets the honor of beating down Iowa Hawkeyes. So do we think Jim Harbaugh's time in Michigan's completely over? I think it's coming to a close. I, yeah. It's coming to a close. I'm not going to say it's over, but it's getting close. That's all I'm going to say. Isn't he possibly facing a suspension, or is this suspension this is this suspension the suspension he's been suspended for the rest of the season i'm not sure if that includes uh you know a bowl game if that includes a bowl game then i guess it'll be for the rest of the season but you know what's interesting tom if michigan finds a way to beat ohio state i'm saying if this is not motivation for you buckeyes okay i'm saying if if michigan beats ohio state is this the first time that we have ever seen a team mostly going undefeated without their main head coach being there? Because I, I looked up a lot of statistics, and I, and I couldn't find the last time that actually has happened. Maybe you could go back to the days of maybe Florida State when Bobby Bowden, possibly. But I think that was more of afterwards, not during. Yeah, I think you're right. Bowden was afterwards, I think. I believe Jim Harbaugh. I just find him just a fascinating character. So I can't wait to see where he ends up. And I being an NFL fan, I hope it's the NFL. And I think the Raiders can kind of come up with a new identity, bringing in Harbaugh. I don't, who knows? I mean, it, it may never happen, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought that was just a great fit. You know, you got the Michigan connection there and there's just a lot of reasons for that to be really cool. Yeah, it would be interesting. Michigan doesn't even want to go to Detroit. Michigan just wants to go to Las Vegas. So I saw your Colts, they're facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the ones that my 49ers beat on Sunday. And I believe your team's only like two games back. So that division's still pretty wide open. 
Yeah, but I think the Colts, I would just find a miracle if, if they got seven wins at the end of the season at this point. We also got rid of Shaq Leonard as well, and that doesn't really help our defense. That was interesting. That could help out someone else's defense. He got injured. Was it, oh, there was an injury? Is that why they released him? I think so. He he was injured or something. So it was probably like an injury settlement, so it wasn't a disciplinary thing or anything like that. No, but it was worse timing. He was donating turkeys. On the same day, we, we released him. He was helping out donating turkeys. I saw that. He was had a smile on his face and everything, and he had to know by then. Maybe it's an injury buyout. Or maybe he felt like that would be a good time to say it, have it announced or something. Who knows? But it just felt like yeah. uh, he was at peace, at least the videos that I saw. And there was a few of them floating around. I guess it's an annual thing that he does. Yeah, that, that's great for him. And, and I wish him the best of luck because he really helped out when he was healthy. You know, it made a difference with our team. Trust me, I didn't expect this Indianapolis Colts team to even have nearly six wins. I think I even told my brother, I, I told him, I would just find a miracle if they got six wins. You know, I'll still, my team will still have a better season than the New York Jets. We talk that way to each other sometimes. So he's a Jets fan? He's a Jets fan. So interesting thing about the Jets, they're playing tomorrow against the Dolphins, which I don't remember ever seeing a Friday football game, not a NFL game. Friday football game, yeah. It's I at, think they're trying it out. But it's at noon. Why Amazon of all... Try NBC, maybe, or CBS, or maybe even the NFL Network, but why Amazon? Oh, see, that's a couple of extra steps when you have to go on Amazon, and it's really just the Dolphins. You know what I mean? Like it's not—it's the Dolphins and Jets. I don't know who many. I mean, I don't know. The Dolphins fans are still in the conversation at this point, but Dolphins and Jets—I'll eh, probably still go on there. To be honest, Tom, I'm kind of nervous. Like I—I have this gut feeling in me, and I'm nervous for the Miami Dolphins that Tyreek Hill might be injured tomorrow. Just call it a gut feeling. Yeah, I know. Sometimes it's weird. I get that where I'll go, oh, there's going to be an interception on this possession. And, like, I just am fairly certain of it and what, you, what you're talking about. Because they've had a lot of injuries at MetLife Stadium, including Aaron Rodgers with his ACL. You're correct. Sorry, I, I could say that. I could say that a lot more better. Aaron Rodgers had an ACL while he was playing on that field. I think we discussed it on another episode, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a class action lawsuit against that stadium because that has been just a horror story maybe we might end up seeing the new jersey jets after all just not that stadium yeah i'm sure there's a couple other cities that would take a football team right now now that the oakland raiders are gone out of oakland sacramento is a little bit more viable as a, a football city i don't know if it's big enough it's probably not football's first choices but they had the Sacramento Surge for the World Football League and then they had the Sacramento Gold Miners who won the Canadian Football League Cup or whatever the heck it is they give for a trophy up there. Team in Sacramento won the Canadian Football League. The Sacramento Mountain Lions quarterback was Minnesota Vikings quarterback Dante Culpepper. And you know who else played for the team was Denzel Washington's son because Denzel Washington was at most of the games. Oh, really? That's, that's interesting to know about. Yeah, and I think he uh, became star of a show called Ballers or something like that. He was like on that show with, I don't, I never watched it, but apparently he was on that too. So, but Sacramento supported those teams. You know, at one point, Al Davis was kind of dangling the Raiders t over Sacramento, and it sounds crazy to the rest of the world. But when you were in Sacramento at that time, it felt like kind of a real thing. And Sacramento, you can look it up on on YouTube that they were building, actually building a football stadium.
and you, um, on YouTube you can see they they actually still have like the footprints of the stadium there that they were starting to build right next to the Arco Arena. But um, a lot of urban explorers like to go visit it, you know. Um, but yeah, the the Sacramento kind of was in the conversation about the Raiders. How much were they really in the conversation? I don't know, but supposedly there was a deal reached, and then um, Al Davis did what Al Davis did. Al Davis always would do what was best for Al Davis, and he did things sometimes just to get leverage, so you never really know what his true intention was, you know? So any games this weekend you're looking forward to? Actually, I'm looking forward to the, the Civil War, which is uh, Oregon versus Oregon State. They'll be actually be playing on Friday. And some people are saying this could be the last time these two teams face each other because they didn't uh, update on their rivalry. But the Apple Cup, uh, Washington and Washington State have updated their rivalry to last up to 2028. So if Oregon State beats Oregon, that makes an interesting scenario uh, for the Pac-12. We already know that Washington is going to be in the Pac-12 championship game, but right. people need to look at you know, Oregon State versus Oregon. If Oregon State beats Oregon, then Oregon State needs to make sure that Arizona finds a way to do the impossible of losing to Arizona State, and then they would be in the Pac-12 championship game. Oregon just needs to simply beat Oregon State, and they'll they'll get in, and there will be a rematch with Washington. But that would be a heck of a way to go out for the Pac-12. You have Washington versus Oregon? That would be fantastic. How about any human interest stories? Do we have any human interest stories tonight? Actually, from all sports, from the sport of cricket. Actually, oh. I, I watched this uh, John Boy video on YouTube and was talking about uh, this cricket player named Glenn Maxwell. Uh, it was Australia versus Afghanistan. And he came up the bat. He was doing great. Then he had a leg cramp. Both legs, they got medical to work on his legs. And he just kept on hitting sixers. But then leg cramp again, medical out there again. He continued on to the point he swung without using his legs, stood, and just swung with his arms. And Afghanistan couldn't believe what was happening. This guy scored 201 runs with, it was either 120 balls that they put it or 120 bowls. Uh-huh. Because there's bowling in cricket. So they have bowlers you know, the throw the ball. But I'm going to say 120 balls for for the time being. Uh It was just unreal. And and the best that the rest of the the Australia team did was 20 runs. It was crazy. Some of the earliest trading cards that were in cigarettes were cricket players. I actually have a couple of cricket cards. Cricket cards. I guess they are cricket cards that are over 100 years old. Wow. I don't understand the sport. Well, I know if they hit, uh, you know, that that picket three times, then that person is out. And you can actually, it's okay for you to hit out of the park, but they count it as six runs. Oh. So you don't have to run back and forth. So if you hit it out there, you have to run back and forth to get as many runs as possible. And you have to make sure to have your cricket bat. I'm not sure what they call it, but I'm just going to call it cricket bat. And you have to make sure to to use it to go back and forth between, so that way you can count up the runs. And the game can last for quite a while. <laughs> I've heard some games that last up to four, maybe even five days sometimes. Really? <laughs> wow. 
I'm going to have to try to catch some cricket on YouTube because I am interested in it and I just never really got it. But I want to learn more about these kind of sports like cricket. I mean, cricket's a really old sport, but like, uh, you know, pickleball and some of these sports that are really starting to get popular. I, you know, I need to learn them. Yeah, cricket's going to be an Olympic sport for the L.A. Summer Games, I do believe. Oh, I wonder if I can go try out. I probably should learn the sport before I go try out, huh? I think you should wait till they find a way to have cornhole to be an Olympic sport, and then you can team up with me. <laughs> yeah, we'd have a shot, right? <laughs> yeah, don't do too bad. I just got to make sure not to focus on the fact there's over thousands and thousands of people watching my every move. But otherwise, I would do fine. You know what's funny is that part wouldn't really bother me for that kind of a performance thing. I think I'm okay with that kind of energy. Because in general, people are rooting for you. And so I think that is kind of comforting for me. Almost like, oh, these people are here because they're behind me. You know what I mean? And even, I think, you know, you hear the stories about Ty Cobb and the people who loved having people boo them. Even that, it's the same kind of thing. It's like they're giving you that energy, you know? So... I don't know. I just I think that you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at how much a good, uh, you know, if you're able to get past that. If you're able to get past the, you know, oh, there's a bunch of eyes on me. I think you'd be surprised how comforting it is to feel like those people are all on your side, you know? Yeah, I guess that does make sense in some ways, but I get performance anxiety, so. Yeah, I remember how bad I used to get. I was just talking to somebody about this this weekend. Really bad anxiety. And then my friend uh, talked to me about it. And he goes, he goes, remember, you're not, he goes, you're not nervous. He goes, you're here because you want to be here. He goes, you're excited. He goes, your, you know, your body's got all this adrenaline that it needs because it knows it's excited for you, but it doesn't know what to do right before you go on. So it's like kind of makes you feel all anxious and all that. And he's like, uh, you know, and so I kind of started at that time. I don't do this anymore, but at that time when it was, when I knew that I was the next one to go on the microphone, I would stare at the microphone and I would go like in, in my brain, I was going, all right, this is a fight between me and you and I'm going to win this fight. You're not, I'm not afraid of you. I'm go I'm coming here with a good game plan and I'm going to win. And uh that mentality kind of helped me break through the um you know the the part of the stage fright and the weird anxiety that you get before you go on, you know, because there's also something to be said for having that anxiety almost completely go away once you get up and you start doing what you intended to do. Cuz isn't most of the anxiety before you go on? Uh, I think so. I think it's similar to when I try to do uh, do open mic nights. I get full of anxiety. It just it just needs to find a way to get out in some way. So it just one of the ways to do it would be get on stage as often as you can in a good scenario. You don't necessarily. We've talked about how I don't like doing rooms that are not conducive for growth. I don't like going and doing a show if it's just to do a show. I want to do a show that's kind of in a supportive environment or that's actually has people listening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> the hard part when you're starting out is your options are minimal. You're you're going to be doing, you know, I like GG's as far as an open mic. It's a good barometer if I have something I want to try out. You know, for the most part, the comedians are supportive but that would not be a place that i would want to begin because it's it's hard it's not an easy place to be funny at you know 
And the same thing with these, like the comedy clubs where you got to go in and sign up an hour before the show and then you've got to spend money while you're there. And then, you know, it's just, uh, it's just not super easy. You know, (laughs) that's the hard part. I got lucky when I started out. I, I was the club that I, I did the open mic at. They only had an open mic, I think, once a week. And I went like every once in a while. I went a few times and just watched because I wanted to get comfortable with the idea that I was actually going to do it. But I'd still get anxiety knowing that I was planning on doing it. And then once I started doing it, the club owner gave me more opportunities because he liked me. He thought I was funny. So um, it just kind of led into a lot, of, a lot more opportunities for good stage time where I didn't have to go do, you know, the places like Gigi's, which, like I said, I think it's a, it's great that they do an open mic and Artie does a great job at the room, but it's not an easy place to grow comedy-wise. Well, I want to be there next time you go on stage. I want to see you get up there, and then I can support you and make you feel a little less nervous about the whole thing. I, I do what you call shadow boxing. I repeat to myself, I'm in my room, I'm in my room, because that's my comfort zone. I feel comfortable. And I imagine the audience is the mirror in my room. You know, it's just a long mirror. The whole entire audience is just mirrors. I'm not being a narcissist. I'm just saying I I feel comfortable imagining the audience being a mirror. Right. That totally makes sense to me. Because you're bringing yourself to a place where you feel comfortable and not anxious. Everybody's approach is different. And there's no necessarily right way to do it or wrong way to do it. There's just your own way to do it you know the last time you performed i think over maybe four months was it at the harbor it was at the harbor yeah oh cool i heard about that one i I might go check that one out sometime when the club was upstairs i used to do it a lot and i did that place quite a bit but since it's gone downstairs i haven't been back since it's been downstairs i've done shows downstairs for other stuff but it's pretty crazy it's really it's really comfortable i've gotten to know a lot of the people uh, I know not to try to what was what it called talk to the audience. I know just just try to do some of my comedy routine instead of trying to talk to the audience. That will come to me at some point, but not when you're doing open mic. You told me that, so right. I made sure to keep that in mind. I did lousy one time. Like I I tried I tried to talk to the audience and I realized okay I won't do that again. And then I, and I decided not to return for like for maybe a couple of weeks. I was just thinking, okay, I won't talk to the audience. And I was working on some stuff, and I was thinking, you know, I noticed that people don't really sing while they do their comedy, so maybe I'll try to do that. And I got a big laugh from people when I did that. I'm like, okay, I think I found what I can do. I can make fun of stuff in a musical way. Okay, so I found what I was good at musically, making fun of stuff. Even sometimes doing voices here now and then. Tim Curry wants to wish all of you a happy Thanksgiving. Some Rocky Horror Picture Show on the Coffin Corners podcast. I can dig it. Are there any games that you're looking forward to? I mean, most of the games that we were looking forward to, to be honest, have already happened. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles based against the Kansas City Chiefs. Pretty much the Thanksgiving games, you know, that happened. Yeah, you're right. I was looking forward to the 49ers getting through this game, um, you know, hopefully fairly healthy. And I think there was a little bit of banging up. I don't know that there was anything super serious. You know, we lost Haifunga on Sunday, which is a big loss. And I think he's gone for a while. 
And the defensive backfields looked really good. They looked good today, and they looked good on Sunday. So I'm really optimistic that this team's going to gel and just continue to get better and better. And as far as the weekend, there's nothing that really jumps out at me as fascinating, you know? Like you said, the teams that we wanted to see, they've already the matches matchups have already gone. I was interested to see how the 49ers matched up against the Seahawks. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a major concern, so... Yeah, and the 49ers bit a whole lot more than just a turkey leg today. They sure did. Did you see the interview afterwards where the guys were standing around having the turkey with Melissa Stark? All I know is that George Kittle took a whole entire turkey and he fed it to the fans. Yeah, he was he was throwing pieces up into the stands. It was pretty awesome. When they were over being interviewed with Melissa Stark, she asked him how his Thanksgiving was going or something like that. And he said, it feels great eating turkey on this field, which was pretty awesome. But it was great. They had Fred Warner was up there eating turkey and Nick Bosa was over there and Debo and... Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy, like there were so many guys that were just so integral to this team that are just playing really well right now. So as a Niner fan, I'm really excited. Even though Brock threw a pick six, wasn't entirely his fault, but it was still a pretty good day, I thought. Well, the games I'm looking forward to is definitely the Iron Bowl between Alabama and Auburn. I'm looking forward to that as well. And also the Iowa-Nebraska game. And I have to say, Tom, I'm going to be very happy for the first time in quite a while that I can just relax and and eat my leftovers while watching the game. And there's not a lot of pressure. Just maybe getting 10 wins in a season, but otherwise that's that's pretty much it. Right, let's try to stay healthy kind of a thing. But that's always good to have some pressure-free football. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm looking forward. Let's see if that Iowa defense can finish up. By the way, if Iowa finds a way to not only beat Nebraska and not only find a way to beat either Ohio State or Michigan in the Big Ten championship game, but I got to say, if they find a way to do that, they should have the documentary on the, on the Iowa Hawkeyes season be titled and I know a lot of people on social media has made this joke, but it would be a great title. It would be Iowa Hawkeyes or how I emphasized on defense and special teams and one with the worst offense. That should be the name of the documentary if they find a way to do <laughs> the impossible. Before we wrap up, Tom, do you have any favorite uh, Thanksgiving traditions in your family? I have a number of Thanksgiving traditions. Uh, One of them is obviously enjoying a big feast with my family and watching football. We always go around kind of in, in the circle and talk about what we're grateful for, you know, the typical stuff. I just enjoy that time with my kids. A little bit of football going on that's not really super important to you and it's nice you know what i mean so traditional wise when we were younger we always played the thanksgiving mud bowl games in sacramento it was usually pretty rainy this time of year when i was a kid and so we would find places to go play football and we played tackle football and we did that for years with our cousins and that was for a long time my favorite tradition Uh, My brother and cousins continued to do it up until adulthood. I missed a few years with the military and didn't think it was in my best interest to try to jump back in and get myself hurt. And so the tradition kind of ended up dying off a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think that was probably my favorite tradition was when we were kids and we'd go do some mud footballing. My favorite tradition, it was a tradition that started 
pretty much at the start of the millennia. And the reason why we we started the tradition of what we call turkey trivia is because the Thanksgivings in the past, I wasn't sociable. I, I wasn't really out there talking with people. So this was a great excuse for me to get out there and be sociable with my family and family and friends. And I think uh, this year is our 23rd or 24th turkey trivia that we have gone through. I like the turkey trivia. I'm going to have to try to work something like that into the tradition of with my kids. Before we go to bed at night, we always talk about, well, what did you learn today? Or what did you learn this week? Or whatever. And, you know, it's always good to be able to have those conversations. But turkey trivia sounds like an awesome one. Yeah, I got the inspiration from Yahoo.com, to be honest. Back then when Yahoo.com was the go-to search engine. That's old. <laughs> Yeah, before that guy Jeeves came and took it all away, right? And then before Google took it away from Jeeves. So weird how that stuff just kind of secular. And to be honest, Tom, the best part of Thanksgiving is obviously leftovers, which people, I know it's sad that the fact that I'm not the leader of this country because I would have found a way to have leftovers day be a national holiday. Everybody would would share their leftovers with people. But, of course, we couldn't have it be on Friday because, number one, Black Friday. And also, that's the same day as National Indigenous Appreciation Day. And having something called Leftovers Day, well, that's... <laughs> that's a good that call. That wouldn't be in great taste. It wouldn't. So it so it would be like a, it would be a full week. So you have Thanksgiving Thursday, you have Black Friday slash National Indigenous Appreciation Day on Friday. Saturday is Small Business Saturday. Which speaking of Small Business Saturday, please do come out to if you're around the Venture County area, come out and support your small businesses, especially for mine, Industry Horror and also Autism Works Print Shop. Check out the Industry Horror Store, please. And I would have Leftovers Day be on Sunday. That's what I would do. I like that. That's a plan. That sounds like a plan to me. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and doing another episode of the Coffin Corners podcast. It's one of my favorite hours of my week, and I am uh, always look forward to it. And I'm always grateful that you're able to work along with my goofy schedule. And uh, I appreciate the work you put into it. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for family, friends, uh, the soldiers that, you know, the soldiers, the service across the world and also doing their service here in the U.S. to make sure to keep us protected. And I'm grateful for you, Tom, for helping me fulfill one of my dreams of having a sports show. And I really do appreciate it from the infinity. Grateful to you, Tom. And to all my family and friends out there as well. Well, like I said, I'm And make sure to thank your hosts and your hostess and the people that brought food. I hope you all did that. Yeah, that's right. You got to be grateful for them, too. But I'm, I'm very grateful for you, too. And I think that you're a natural at doing sports shows. And I'm really glad that I get to do one with you. And I'm really glad that we get to spend this time together every single week. Thank you to you Coffin Corner listeners out there. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving also, make sure to rate, follow, tell your friends, tell your family to follow, 
And also, if you have any topic suggestions, you can contact CoffinCornersPod at gmail.com. You have heard from the experts, and you have just listened from the Profasuals.
Thank you to you Coffin Corner listeners out there. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Also, make sure to rate, follow, tell your friends, tell your family to follow. And also, if you have any topic suggestions, you can contact CoffinCornersPod at gmail.com. You have heard from the experts, and you have just listened, and you have listened from the professionals.